podcast in three, two, one. Welcome to the Renewed Mindsets Podcast, the show that lives or dies by the following. Never give up. Never surrender. Dorothy. Oh, Dorothy? Who's Dorothy? Yum, yum. It's time for a tasty and refreshing snack. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. We're just having a little fun this morning. Today's episode is brought to you by Big Apple Butter. Are you a baker, a pastry chef, or a caterer? Then I got just the thing for you. Big Apple Butter. 100% organic, made right here from the farms in upstate New York. The better the butter, the better the batter. That's what they say. Try it out today. What do you got to lose besides a few calories? Yeah, not really. I'm so glad you're here. Today we're going to talk about forgiveness. It's something we all know about. It's the first thing we heard about as Christians, and yet we still struggle with forgiving others and for asking for forgiveness. Let's go. So we're all on the Internet. I know you've seen those videos of politicians and celebrities that are apologizing for something that they said or did, like Kevin Hart. Most seem insincere. They're only doing it to stay in the movie that they've signed up for or to keep their constituents happy so they're not voted out of office. It's just damage control. They're sorry they got caught. It's usually over something as innocuous as a post on social media, Facebook or Twitter, or X now, I suppose. We have an opinion, and we see nothing wrong with typing a sentence or two behind the protection of the Internet, where it's going to live forever. When enough people get offended by it, the backlash is extreme. Lately, it seems that that person gets canceled. Not by us from Generation X, but our kids and our grandkids. Weird generations. All from the safety of the Internet. Now think back to when we were in school. We communicated so differently than we do today. Do you remember writing essays? We didn't actually write them. You remember typing them on an old manual typewriter? Yeah, I couldn't type any better back in school than I do right now. I do that two-finger hunt and peck. It gets the job done... But it's not very efficient. But I get by. But back then, when mistakes were made, they could be corrected. It was like magic before anybody saw what you wrote. Liquid paper. You remember that? Or whiteout? Is that tiny bottle filled with white liquid and a brush? You could cover up or erase your error by brushing over it, waiting a minute, and then start all over again, and hopefully with no slip-ups this time. Liquid paper is forgiveness in a bottle. It's the total obliteration of your offense with hardly a trace that your goof-up ever happened at all. Kids today don't know what liquid paper is. But God allows us liquid paper in our lives. He forgives us of anything we confess to Him. He's good and faithful that way. But man, if we only allowed the grace of liquid paper towards each other. People, especially today, just love to watch others suffer for their transgressions. Whether it's a celebrity on Facebook, or your pastor, your ex-husband, your ex-wife, your boss, the list can go on forever. Well, the heart of the New Testament is that Jesus came to save all people from their wrong decisions. 
their sin with the grace of forgiveness, a gift of mercy to us. So much so that forgiveness is mentioned 49 times from Matthew to Revelation. We are supposed to emulate Jesus, and Jesus was all about forgiveness. We should be too, but how? So let me tell you about a story about a guy who was a great mentor for a little orphan boy. For years, he taught that boy how to conduct himself, how to build things. He taught him how to drive. He even taught him how to fight under the right circumstances. Really, he taught that boy how to be a man. And as he got older, that boy started to want more and more from the man. He wanted to learn more and more, but he wasn't responsible enough. See, that boy was angry at times, reckless, sneaky, and he even lied on occasion. It all came to a head one night, and the boy fought with his mentor. The boy was arrogant and sloppy, and after he was beaten, even after all the years they spent together, the boy told the man he hated him. He never forgave the man for not allowing him to run wild and do his own thing. The unforgiveness in him blinded him to the one thing that could have allowed him to actually beat his teacher. The man, his mentor, had the high ground. You were my brother, Anakin! I loved you! After 20 years, that scene never fails to make me tear up. Holding on to anger and unforgiveness causes bitterness, and it only harms the one who refuses to forgive. When we forgive, we're choosing to let love take precedence over our feelings. Proverbs 10.12 says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. That choice makes us look more like Jesus each time we do it. Love, like forgiveness, is not a feeling. It's a choice with positive consequences that feel good. God sent us or gave up his son for all of us. If you're hearing this, know that Jesus' forgiveness and love is a gift offered to you, no matter what you've said or done. The Apostle Paul wrote of God, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. How? By belief in the life of death, and resurrection of Jesus. And by the way, belief means more than just believing, but also obeying what he said. It's a big misconception in the Americanized Christianity that we live in, that all we have to do is ask Jesus into our hearts and we're good to go. You got to strive daily to follow Jesus' example, to be like him. One way is that our forgiveness should be extended in the same way to everyone. No matter how tempting it is to justify our anger, We're called to forgive everyone, not just those that we feel like forgiving. In Colossians chapter 3, Paul writes, Forgive as the Lord forgave you. It doesn't say forgive when you're ready as the Lord forgave you when he was ready. Now, like I said earlier, forgiveness is a choice. We do it because we're told to. And sometimes it sucks. But I promise it makes things much better. How many times have you seen an interview on TV where a parent or a spouse is asked about their loved one's killer? The ones that say they'll never forgive, they're angry and bitter and miserable people. But when you see a mother telling of her forgiveness to her son's murderer, she may be crying, but it's with a calmness and peace because she's allowing Jesus to wrap his arms around her pain and comfort her. Now, we wonder if we could do that if we were in the same circumstances. Well, 
We have to. We don't have to wait on the Lord's desire to forgive us. His forgiveness is part of his character. We are made in God's image. We are imagers of God. And that means we can have the same attributes as God. And just like he forgives us quickly, we are called to forgive others quickly. When Jesus died on the cross, he didn't just die for sins that had been committed up to that point. He died for all the sins of the world, past, present, and future. He died for us while we were still sinners, knowing the choices we would make, and still choosing to love us. Ephesians chapter 2, 8-10 God saved you by grace when you believe, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. When we adopt that same philosophy, deciding to forgive those we love, and that should be everyone, even before they hurt us, it makes the act of following through in mercy just a little bit easier. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus tells the story of a servant who refused to forgive another's debt after being shown mercy in an even larger debt that he himself owed. Jesus commanded us to forgive 77 times, which basically means an endless amount of times. Jesus extends his forgiveness and mercy towards us time and time again with no limit. Because of the grace he shows us and the work he does in our hearts, we're able to forgive without limits. When we look at Jesus' example of forgiveness, our relationships start to change. We start to love ourselves a little less and love others a little bit more. Forgiveness frees us from anger and bitterness, self-righteousness allowing the Lord to replace those feelings with compassion and love and self-sacrifice. Forgiveness is not just about saying the words. It's an active process where you make the conscious decision to let go of negative feelings, whether the person deserves it or not. As you release the anger, the resentment, the hostility, you start to feel empathy and compassion and sometimes even affection for the person that wronged you. Yeah. My time in ministry, I've come across so many people who lived through childhood trauma. Verbal abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. Holding on to that pain for years and years and decades has such a negative effect on your life. Adults who grow from childhoods like this are angry. They rage even. Forgiving that parent or relative releases you from the heaviness that you're carrying. You'll feel lighter. You'll feel peace. You'll feel joy. Do you even know what those feel like? Forgiveness is for your freedom. It may be difficult, but that freedom is there for you to take. And you'll be surprised that what pained you the most about that abuse is the relationship that we all long for from that person. That relationship was stolen from you. God can restore that relationship. People that can forgive tend to be more satisfied with their lives. They have less depression, anxiety, stress, anger, less hostility. People who hang on to grudges. I'm a superstitious man. And if some unlucky accident should befall him, if he should get shot in the head by a police officer, or if he should hang himself in his jail cell, or if he's struck by a bolt of lightning, then I'm going to blame some of the people in this room. And then I do not forgive. 
We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, I just want to tell you about an incredible podcast that has truly impacted my life. It's Christ Alone Podcast. It's not your average show. It goes above and beyond to combat false doctrines that twist the true message of God and the amazing character of Christ. It's hosted by two friends of mine, Stevens and Angie, and each week they equip you and empower you and encourage you for a world that seems to be moving further away from God every single day. You can find their episodes and all their resources at ChristAlonePodcast.com. And they're available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so it's real convenient to hear them wherever you are. Join me and countless others that join in every week to listen to Christ Alone Podcast. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Dive deep into truth and let the transformative power of Christ lead you towards a brighter future with Christ Alone Podcast. Great movie. People who hang on to grudges are more likely to experience severe depression and and post-traumatic stress disorder, and lots of other health conditions. But that doesn't mean that they can't train themselves to act in healthier ways. 62% of American adults say they need more forgiveness in their personal lives. So how do you make forgiveness a part of your life? First, you need to remember that forgiveness is a choice. You are choosing to offer compassion and empathy to the person who wronged you. And how do you do that? So how do you forgive? Well, for sure, you're going to remember what they did to you. You need to actually sit down and reflect on it a little bit so you can remember exactly what happened, the events, how you reacted, how you felt, how that anger and hurt have affected your life. And while you're doing that, try to put yourself in their shoes, empathize with them just a little bit. Like if your wife grew up with an alcoholic father then you might be able to understand why every time you grab a beer out of the refrigerator, she gets mad and starts yelling and screaming. We need to remember to fully forgive that person from the deepest part of our heart. Simply forgiving somebody because you think you have no other alternative or because you think your religion requires it, it may be enough to bring some healing to your life. But people that forgive and it comes from an understanding that no one is perfect, those people are able to resume a normal relationship with the other person, even if that person never apologizes. People who only forgive in an effort to salvage the relationship wind up with a worse relationship. Basically, saying that you forgive somebody to stop a fight might work in the short term, but you didn't really forgive them. You're just trying to move on. It's two different things. You need to remember that you forgiving someone may not change the relationship with that person, and it may not get an apology from them. But if you don't expect it, you won't be disappointed. Again, forgiveness is for you. And once you make the choice to forgive someone, you need to just do it. And if you don't feel like you can talk to the person, just write about it in a journal or talk to someone about it that you trust. Forgive them, but you don't have to talk to them. It's all in your brain. It's all in your spirit, in your being. Again, forgiveness is for you. We also need to remember to forgive ourselves. I'll never forgive myself for this. Like if your spouse had an affair, you need to recognize that the affair is not a reflection of your worth. We need to ask for forgiveness. I'm sorry. I 
guess I am just a big, stupid, ugly ogre. Can you forgive me? That's one thing we haven't talked about. Another way to restore a relationship is to be the one who steps up and takes the first step. Remembering not to go in that with expectations, because the other person may not be ready to forgive you. But asking helps heal you. So I encourage you to make forgiveness a part of your life. Just remember to reflect and remember, to empathize with the other person, forgive deeply, let go of all your expectations, decide to forgive, make that choice, and don't forget to forgive yourself. Well, I sure hope you enjoyed the show today because I had a lot of fun making it. If you haven't checked out our website, it's at www.renewedmindsets.com. You can check out all the current podcast episodes. We've got a blog to read. You can leave us a message directly, and you can even do it by voicemail. And like I said before, if it's clean... I might just play it on a future episode. We really appreciate you listening. And I thank you so much for supporting us. Before I end tonight, I just want to encourage you to leave a review on whatever platform you listen to. Follow us on social media. Renewed Mindsets on Facebook. Renewed Mindsets on Twitter or X. And we have Renewed Mindsets on Instagram. Stay tuned for next week's episode where we're going to talk about I'm Rick. I love you. See ya! The music for the Renewed Mindsets podcast is a song called Are You Ready? by a band named Floodgate. From the album Are You Ready? Copyright 2002, Offbeat Ministries Incorporated. Song used with permission. Available on Apple iTunes and Apple Music. You know, I don't want to write a stupid monologue. This was for theater arts in college. There's just a lot of inside jokes, so you might not understand everything. Like the whole Hobbits in Wonderland and the J.K. Rowling thing. Little things like that are always easy to change. Good luck. You know what? I'm just not going to do it. You know how stressful it is to write a monologue? Especially when everyone knows it's something you've just written. And then there's all that just sitting there watching me, judging everything I say. I'm not going to do it. It's just a podcast. I can do it however I want to. I don't care what it looks like at the end. I don't care what it sounds like. What could I even talk about? Puppies? 
Sparkles? Cupcakes? That's not very dramatic. What is something dramatic? The world ending? Yeah. Divorce? Breaking up with my girlfriend? Hmm. I could say something about hobbits in Wonderland. I can't relate to any of this. <sighs> it's just more pressure. My listeners are expecting me to have something. The host needs this to be 23 minutes long. So now I have to come up with a monologue. If I'm talking about divorce, it wouldn't make sense to add it to the end of this one. Well, maybe it would. We talked about forgiveness. Yeah, but it doesn't matter at this point. It just doesn't make any sense. And this thing's got to be at least five minutes. How am I supposed to talk for five minutes? Maybe, just maybe, if I talk really, really slowly, that will use up a bunch of this time. I suppose that's going to get very annoying really fast. So I have to just sit here for a while trying to figure out what I'm going to say. <sighs> At least it's not video, so I don't have to have a costume on. I really want a cool costume. What could I dress up as? I guess I could dress like a hobbit. Maybe I can write a monologue about a rock. Now, <laughs> I'm not going to write one about a rock. Well, I thought about it. Maybe I will. Just kidding. Just kidding. Well, I'm just not going to write a monologue. Dang, when you look at that. I just wrote a monologue. Well, I spoke it. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us, the living, rather to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they have fought here and have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us that from these honored dead we take increased devotion 
to that cause for which they gave their last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation, under God, shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. The executive producer of Renewed Mindsets is Yelena McClellan. We have two openings for other producers. Visit us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash renewed mindsets for more information.